Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh, I'm supposed to play in the background. I said I would do it. I said I was going to launch this podcast with Mary Schneider yodeling the hits. That one's called Clarinet Poker and is probably one of my favourite songs right now. Isn't that great? I made a Spotify playlist just of Mary Schneider. Just for myself. It's not a public playlist. I, I implore you to look her up. I'm chatting with her really soon. And I'll make a podcast of our chat. She's 85. And a... I implore you, if you're in the car alone only, just yell into the yell. Yell this tune. It's so fun. What the fuck am I Oh my god, isn't that not the funnest thing you've ever done ever? If you didn't yodel along with me, would you start this from the beginning and do it again? Because I can't tell you how fun it is just to scream that tune at the top of your lungs and pretend that you're yodeling. See, when Mary Schneider plays underneath you, you think you sound amazing. I think I sound amazing. I'm just yelling. It's just yells. But anyway, I'm talking to her soon and uh, I will... I really want to do a duet with her. I want to do that as a duet. Um, I'm going to see if I can. She's 85. Oh, God. That would... I just really want to do it. Uh, my name is Christian Hull. This is a podcast called Complete Drivel, uh, which you already knew. But uh, I just don't know. I just feel like I, that adds a sense of professionalism by announcing who I am in the name of the podcast. Just, I just, I just want one thing to be professional in this podcast, and that is the repetition of the name and my name. Um, okay, and this one. Now, last episode I said I was going to yodel, and we're probably going to. I'm going to close this podcast with yodeling. I'm in a yodeling mood. Um, also, I'm going to talk about, um, regrettably, I said I was going to talk about some ads I listed in the personal section of Craigslist. Now, I'm not talking, hi, I'm Christian, I'm 30, I'm looking for love. Mine is, hi, I'm, didn't say my name, I'm Aussie, 168 centimetres, 95 kilos, here's my dick size, <laughs> here's what I want to do to you. That They were the personal type. It wasn't quite like that. I'll tell you the ads because I said I would. And you know what? I want to. I want to tell you how much of a perverted person I am. Um, I'm also going to talk about my online shopping craze and, and the fact that I just worked at 
just some of the biggest acts um, from the 90s came and did like a reunion concert. R&B Fridays Live is what it was called. It was a concert around the country. And I got to work there and uh, I got some stories from it. Oh, oh no, I can't tell some of them. But uh, I've got some stories from it. Um, I'm going to kick off with, I watched a video about primary school and I just remember doing some things in primary school that we don't just, I just don't understand them. As a kid, like you get it, but as an adult, why would the teachers make us do that? <laughs> now, I'm not talking anything to do with the previous topic of sex, okay? It's not like, okay, Christian, now you touch it and what does a little touch? All right, now touch it with your mouth. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't joke about that. It's not funny. It's sort of funny. It's not, Christian. Don't. I went to a Catholic <laughs> Don't make jokes like that. It's inappropriate. Very inappropriate. I'm very sorry. Okay, so here's a couple of things I remember from my time in primary school. I remember for 35 cents, you could get one of those uh, little orange juice containers. Like it's an orange juice in a little cup with a seal on the top. Like you get in an aeroplane. We used to get in an aeroplane, you know, like a little like a fruit cup of orange juice. And it it was sealed, had a foil seal. And that with the cup... You couldn't drink from it because it spilled everywhere. Anyway, for 35 cents, um, they'd freeze them and then you'd give it a little plastic spoon and then it would take you the entire lunchtime of 40 minutes to eat and you'd stick the spoon in and you get a little bit of frozen orange. And then you'd be like scraping away at this frozen block of orange juice. But I remember... It was my favourite thing to buy on a hot, hot summery day and you had this delicious like frozen orange juice and it, all the kids would buy it. <laughs> We're all sitting there and it would take the entire lunchtime to get through. But it was so worth it. It was so good. Um, um, or I've, oh, you know what it reminded me of though when I was thinking about it? The first proper flight I had um, when, I, when I went, it was like a long-haul flight on my own, was going to America when I was 19, 20, 19. Um, and uh, we got served. This is what the this is what orange juice, that orange juice container reminds me of now, is not only primary school but almost dying on an aeroplane. And this was the most horrific experience I had on a plane. And I've spoken a lot about my fear of flying and I've, I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this one because this was the, the moment my fear of flying sort of kicked in was when we were going from Sydney to LA and we were an hour and a half into the flight and they were serving uh, the dinner because it was a, a late night flight. And I think it was... Oh, Irrelevant points, doesn't even matter. They were serving a big meal and I was sitting right at the back, like almost as far back as you could get. Um, so we were served our food last. Now, as I mean, I was a hungry hippo, <laughs> still am, and I downed it all. And I remember opening my orange juice um, and because it was really turbulent, I opened the orange juice and spilt the entire thing on myself. And uh, as this turbulence was happening, it started to get more and more severe and it was pretty violent. And I remember being mildly nervous because this was probably the worst turbulence I've experienced. And I've, I've flown a little bit, done some trips to Brisbane, hadn't flown too much, but I'd, I'd experienced turbulence before. But this it was a massive plane. It was before Airbus, but it was the biggest, 747? I think 
It's like, that was a massive plane. Not anymore. The Airbus is about four times the size. I haven't been on one. Never been on an Airbus. I don't know if I could do it. Just that, how, how physically possible can something six billion tons in weight get up off the ground and stay in the air? Nah, do not want. So I was on this 747, 19-year-old, up the back. This turbulence kicks in. I'd finished my meal. I was covered in orange juice. And um, it started to pick up. It started to get more severe. You could, it got to the point where you could hear the, the T on the, you know, it's, it's like an, in an earthquake, you know, where you hear the, the china shaking and you could hear things sh- just shaking, plates shaking, things shaking, the galley, because I was right near the galley, all the doors shaking and the woman still was still serving and her trolley was just just going ballistic. And then sort of out of nowhere, you feel your stomach in your mouth and you know that the plane has dropped and you sort of, it happens so quickly, your tray doesn't drop with the plane because you're sitting down with your seatbelt on, everything drops except for all of the food trays. Now, the staff in the cart, they were okay, but... Basically, the food trays that they they would have they wouldn't have come up very high, but as we dropped, my food tray probably went from my belly button and was rose up to probably about my, where my nipples are, where my boobs are, and and that's quite a that's quite a way. And so we shot down. The trays went up, and the way the plane f- dropped was not straight down; it was on an angle. So my tray ended up. I was in an aisle seat. My tray ended up in an aisle and the tray next to me almost ended up all over me. Now, I was lucky that I'd finished my meal, that, that, that half of the food that was supposed to fall on me was all gone. But the woman next to me, I copped some of hers and she copped the majority of her own. Like the, it, and and the, the fact that that happened was so terrifying. And, of course, being Christian Hull, I instantly burst into tears. Um, and then the captain, actually, no, this, the captain hadn't come on to say anything at this point. Then you have enough time to process what has happened and go, wow. And I stuck my head down the aisle um, and just saw food, just trays and shit everywhere, which is scary to see. And then when I came back and went, oh, thank God, that's over. This is literally supposed to five seconds. The plane shot back up in a different angle. And uh, that was quite terrifying. And then it was just um, this this huge, any little movement of the plane put me on edge and it was quite heavy dipping and dropping. Nothing is severe. Like I'm talking, we probably, I don't know. I feel like we would have dropped 20 or 30 metres at least, surely, 100 metres. Like it was a significant drop. Um, Those two drops happened uh, and then you hear, Ladies and gentlemen, can can the crew please take their seats? And the seatbelt sign has been switched on. And um, I'm like, it's the first time I've ever ever heard. The, 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 I, I didn't even realise the crew could be told to sit down. And I'm like, if the crew have been told to sit down, there is some serious shit going on. So you you see them flick their trolleys and they quickly you know clip their trolleys away. And then you hear bloop, 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 and it's the phone. And I'm like, oh, I can hear, like, I can hear the conversation. And you hear, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, yep. And then, you know, they do some things. They push a button, they dim the lights, and um, they sit themselves in. And so we're sitting there. 
and the plane is just, it, it's just uncomfortable drops. Now, if you've ever been in bad turbulence, you, you can hear the luggage in the overhead compartment sort of moving and you can hear the doors rattling a bit and you can hear the plastic sort of shifting. It's not severe, but it's the sounds that, that you hear that make it sound like the plane is ripping in half with every dip. And I was, I was crying. I was on my own. I was crying. I wasn't wailing. I was silently crying, but like I was almost drowning in my tears. I didn't want to appear <laughs> to be hysterical, but I was. And so I thought, I thought, honestly, I thought we were going to die. And for some reason I had a travel journal because it was my first trip overseas, like um, to write about everything that was happening. What an idiot. Um, And so I just was starting to write about what I was experiencing, what items would go to who when I die. And then I was like, this is made of paper. It's surely going to burn up or get wet and you won't be able to read it. So then I started writing things in big fonts just in case. And, uh. That's that was a long story about what uh, orange juice reminds me of. It reminds me of really troubling times. It reminds me of the time because I spilled the orange juice on myself, which started the flight from hell. Wow, that was a really big tangent. Um, what else? Let's go back to primary school. We so we had an assembly area on like bitumen, and we had to sit on squares of carpet. Now that was weird. I thought that was a bit weird. Don't sit on the ground. Sit on this dirty square of carpet that sits outside and is wet and gross and covered in chewing gum. Did other did did you have ever have weird carpet things to sit on? I don't know. Was it to protect your butt? Because we were sitting for a long. I don't know. I remember a teacher we had called Miss Cowie. Sort of an unfortunate name, but she was a good teacher. That just reminded me. Those little carpet mats just reminded me of her because she used to host some assemblies. She was really nice. I really liked her. Oh. A bubbler. That's what we call them here in Australia. Not in America. It's, it's a water fountain. Water fountain. Can I get a drink at a water fountain? Like, what's a bubbler, Christian? What do you mean a bubbler? Um, I don't know why. It bubbles? Does it? It doesn't. It's it's the thing that you twist and you sip from. Um, and Oh, my God. Weren't they the funnest things? You put your finger over it. So, like, everyone would go to get a drink, um, and then you just put your finger over it and turn it on, and you could, like, squirt everyone. Oh, I love doing that. Uh, or, or even funner, you go and get a bit of bark and you push a bit of bark in it and you wait for unsus- unsuspecting people because the bark in it creates a, a tighter, <laughs> a tighter hole. Oh, that's what she said. Um, and so the water <laughs> ejaculates out. <laughs> oh, Christian, you're talking about primary school children. The water squirts out the top, like because the the bark makes the the hole tinier. So instead of like a an easy to drink, you know, thing of water, it's a and so the person puts their face over it and you just put a bit of bark in it and they turn it on and it like cuts them because the water is so piercingly sharp. God, I used to love doing that. Um uh I wrote no hat no play. That seems like a fair rule, but I just remember that from primary school. I mean, you have those gross caps that like actually protect you from the sun but make you look like a massive loser. Also, I've already said this, I was school captain in year six. I was also a class captain in year four. Mm, goody, goody, two shoes. What up? And look what I've amounted to. Uh, um, look, just because you could get school captain doesn't mean they're going to be successful in life. Although, I would, mm, some people say I'm successful. <sighs> Other people, like my family, um, <laughs> say, how are you going? 
You okay? You getting by? Yes, I am. Have you sold the house? Are we making money from it? Uh, Update on the house? There's no update. Um, I remember when we got to year six, we could go and help out in the canteen. And boy, did I discover my kleptomania in year six. And that was the year that I realised that I could just eat whatever I wanted and not pay for it. In money. I paid for it by gaining mass amount of weight. In year six, we could go and we could be pick the mums in the canteen. And what I used to do is, oh, this is so bad. I used to take money from the till and go, oh, hey, Bev, I'm just going to buy a packet of chips and put the money back in the till in front of Bev, making it look like I've paid, take a packet of chips. I'm pretty sure she knew because I used to do it every shift I had. Hey, Bev, I'd like to take all the money out of the till. I'm just putting in like $45 and buying everything in the canteen and then just take a box of carobs out. (laughs) No joke. Yeah, Bev, there's probably, what, 40 carobs in here for... 400 carobs, that's about $4. Yeah, I've definitely paid for it. It was one cent for a carob, which was a tiny little thing of like carob chocolate. I remember that. They were fun times. They were fun times. Anyway, that was that's what I remember from primary school, being oh, in assemblies. Oh, school captain, I had to give a speech. I think I've spoken about a speech I had to give on Anzac Day. I definitely have. I made a video out of it. Um, I don't want to. Oh, maybe I'll talk about that in the next one. 17 minutes. Look, I'm going to wrap it up with my Craigslist ads. We can talk about online shopping and R&B Fridays next time. It's 10 o'clock at night on Saturday. I'm tired and bored. Plus, I've got to finish with the yodels. Ugh, we've got to do the yodeling again. I know, riveting times. Um, Craigslist. Okay, so in the last podcast, I spoke about a sexual encounter I had where I no longer feel the need. I no longer think random hookups are fulfilling my sexual need anymore. Um, and I don't want to date, but I think I'm going to have to. I think that's like the next phase of my life because I didn't lose my virginity till I was 23. And so some people lose it at 16. So I started mine seven years later than normal. So by, if you look at it at 30, I shouldn't be the sexual deviant that I am. Because that sexual deviancy should have finished seven years ago at 23. But because I was such a late bloomer, I'm now realising that, you know, what 23-year-olds realise. Like, oh, I've had a lot of sex. It's boring now. Let's find a partner. But at 30, I'm starting to realise that. Now, I'm always under the impression that I never want to be in a relationship. But that's slowly, 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 slowly changing. And I opened myself up to the dating pool. Um, I went on two dates. I know you've heard about it. It's it's still an open wound. <laughs> it's really I'm so dramatic. Um, during oh my god, if you haven't heard during a podcast episode, the text came through where I was friend zoned, and I don't want to unfollow him on Instagram because I'm still not ready to let go. <laughs> this is from two dates. I am a stage nine clinger. Two dates. I think he did the right thing because I am crazy. Um, anyway, so I'm back on like Tinder and I'm, I'm contemplating going on dates, but you know, I just, you know, I just want you to come over and get naked. Like that's all I care about, but I'm slowly coming around to not caring about that, which was discovered in the last episode where I went over to a random's house to have sexy time, put my D in his B and I had to end up faking an orgasm because I just was like, 
this ain't gonna happen. Um, it was like it was purely an anonymous thing, so he he didn't even see me. He was like presenting himself on his bed. Um, so he didn't turn a turn a, like I could easily just fake it and get out of there. Like I got out of there pretty quickly. Um, and then I said, "Oh, I'll tell you some of the ads I've put up on Craigslist." So here we are. This is the episode. Um, for those of you that don't know, Craigslist is like Gumtree. They have a personal section and you can go in and you can request sex from your personal. It's, it's, that's what it's for. It's like full on. And so some of the, I don't know, regretting. I have to tell you now, don't I? Well, I don't have to tell I want to tell you, but I, I always get to the point where I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to tell everyone about the ads that I write because I'm horny and sexual and I'm really a whore. And then I come to tell the stories and I immediately go, my brain goes, don't, don't, don't tell that story. Don't do it. You'll regret it. But I never do. But just sometimes, sometimes I know that my family listen. My mum doesn't, my dad doesn't, my brothers don't. But I do have some cousins and some relatives who listen. Um, luckily, those cousins who are in Coffs Harbour, shout outs to Jess and Kate, um, are very free spirits. They're sort of, I would say, hippies. Um, so, guys. <laughs> Actually, I didn't, I forgot. Anyway, uh, apologies for the last podcast where I literally described my penis. <laughs> that's see like you go to launch into like the there's pretty it's not mm. Uh, and now I feel like I'm personally talking to my cousins that's fine Jess Kate if you want to have that innocent opinion of me which is definitely long gone if you've gotten to this episode um just stop look these aren't horrific but they're, you know. So one ad I've put up was literally, oh, it's time to finish. I, don't, I really don't want to tell these stories anymore. Should I just stop and edit it down and just pretend like I didn't even say I was going to talk about that? I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one ad. Okay, so in the ad, I literally say, I'm blindfolded and on the bed, do whatever you want to me, except anally penetrate me. I find that really hot. Just some random coming in and doing whatever they want. (laughs) Where's Mary Schneider when you need her? Should I explain myself? I feel like explaining myself makes it a little less confronting. But then I feel like what I'm about to say makes me even more of a whore. When you add the element of a blindfold, I don't know, it's just hotter. And you also get like the bi-curious type slash straight type. And there's just something about that element where they know that you can't see them. I can totally see them. Like I make sure I can see them. But it's like, oh, I'm wearing a blindfold, can't see you. I know, like, my window looks, my apartment window looks out onto the entryway. I can see you as you walk in. Like, I'm standing there going, oh, yeah, he's really hot. And then, oh, can't see you. I can see through the gap in the blindfold. Um, and then, you know, they get naked at the end of the bed. You can see everything. You're like, oh, so dry down. 
Um, it's just something about it. It's like lights off in the dark. Like I've had, I've had a dude. This is what he wanted when I was in Newcastle. He wanted complete darkness, like pitch black. And he would come over at like ten at night, totally black. He'd come over. I had no idea what he looked like. He felt great. No idea what he looks like to this day. Do not know what he looks like. And he used to come over quite a bit. We we literally there's probably about seven or eight times he came over. To this day, no idea who he was because he was apparently straight. Don't think he was. Coming to terms with it, but that was hot. So that's what that was. What one of I can't tell you some of the other ads because it's it's really it's not shitting on my chest. Okay, it's nothing to do with that or wee wee, but it's still it's just pretty. It's, it's pretty perverted. Anyway. Let's finish with a bit of marriage. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Jen. I, okay, let me apologise to my family members. Kate, Jess, Jen, Trudy doesn't listen to this. She's She's got better things to do with her time. Those are the family members that have admitted that they listen. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. But I'm sure Kate and Jess have both done sexually per- perverted things before. Jen. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, Jen. Yes. Oh, um, Osprey House Roof. Yeah. Anyway, you can tune out now, but I, I implore you if you're in the car, sing along. Okay, now the fun has worn off. <laughs> it's just like, just, just imagine like me wide-eyed looking at someone yodeling. Like, what is going on? Why are you doing this? We've got two minutes left. Should we finish it out with the yodels or should I just fade it down? Because now I feel weird. Fuck it. I wish you could see my face. It's very similar to my orgasm face. <laughs> it's... Can you imagine if that was the noise you made? Do you know sometimes when, when without the, the backing track you sound horrific? So much better with backing. Bye.